Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Cherry Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, in the air, on the road, or in the water, do you believe? We've got another great episode for you guys. It's just me and Toss. We're going to talk some college football, some NFL, some LeBron, because that's always fun to talk about, and some other things. So get ready. Tuck it in your waistband, because that's all you really need to do. And here we go. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. All right, we're back. So 386, that is the area code of the Daytona Beach area in the Palm Coast in Florida. Uh, approaching 400 and we're doing this one without josh he's on the east coast getting ready for turkey day so three hour time difference makes it a little bit hard for the boys to get together it was past his bedtime it's past his bedtime so you know the west coast boys can take care of business on our own um but we had a pretty wild week of sports in general right starting off with college football cincinnati um finally get some help in college football that landscape that wasn't that was stacked up against them. They were sitting at number five, and number three Oregon loses to Utah. Um, big implications for Cincinnati to finally potentially get into the the top four for the college football playoff. I mean, that's something that a lot of people have been griping about: is, is an undefeated Cincinnati team not making it. So, um, my question, to Utah, is: I mean, they control their own destiny at this point, right? I mean, there's nothing else that's going to be able to stop them at this point. If the college football playoff board does not put them in the top four. I don't know what else they can do. There's really nothing else they can do. And Oregon not only lost to Utah, like you mentioned, but they got beat handily. It was a, it was a big defeat. Um, So they'll fall out of the top four, of course. And really now all we have left is this looming. Yes. We've got the Auburn Alabama game, but to me, it looks pretty clear that, that Alabama should be able to take care of business and then the right. SEC championship game, I think all three of us think that no matter what happens, both those teams are most likely going to be in. And then you've got Michigan and Ohio State next weekend. And I'm sure we'll get into it on on our Thursday show um, and on the radio on 1090 local SoCal radio. Um, Thanksgiving special, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's really it. Right. It's just that Michigan Ohio state game, because that's going to be number four versus number six. If Michigan beats Ohio state, I do expect them to jump. It's into the rankings. It's probably going to end up being number three, right? Cause Ohio state whooped the shit out of Michigan state this week, 56 to seven. Right. Right. And I don't think any of us really saw that big of an ass whooping coming, but really was a statement game for them because you look at Georgia and they did this, they had the same score against a much lesser team. Um, but you're right. I think that that Ohio State Michigan game will definitely just kind of be that game to set the landscape, and this could be the final piece of the puzzle here. Keep in mind as well with Cincinnati, the team that they played against and just beat in SMU, they won 48 to 14, and that was the team that everyone thought was the most challenging for Cincinnati on their schedule, right? Because SMU at the time was eight and two. They were ranked at some point this season as well, and they really handled themselves pretty well. So um, I agree. I think there's nothing more that they have to prove. I think that they're in. 
Um, they got one more game left this season. Of course, they have their uh, conference championship game as well. But, I mean, all signs point to them getting in and, uh, you know, hopefully drawing probably, I'd have to guess, Georgia um, in their first, uh, you know, game in that college ball playoff. And they'll probably end up losing. But um, I do have money on betonline.ag for Ohio State to win it all. So I'm pulling for the Buckeyes. What, um, well, I think, I think it's a good team to have your money on because they've looked tremendous. I don't think that better. they've only gotten better. Stroud is definitely going to be in New York or wherever they're, they're holding the, the Heisman award, uh, the Heisman trophy award um, yep. ceremony this year. He's fantastic. And yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this, we talked about this with Josh as well. Like, Quinn Ewers, what are you doing, man? Like you want to, you want to don the burn orange once again, you, you donned it at one point, or at least you said you were going to jump into that transfer portal, hop on over. Cause uh, we, we'd welcome you with open arms. Yeah. I mean, Stroud goes off and, and throws six touchdowns and throws for 432 yards on Michigan state, a pretty good defense this year. And uh, just kind of really reinserts himself right back at that Heisman race that we've always been talking about. And Kind of to me, it seems like a two horse race and I guess we'll, we'll wait it out to see what happens in the last week of college football, because we got one more week left, but between the two, I think Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud are going to be the two that, um, you know, will be the Heisman favorite and the runner up. Yeah. I guess, um, the college football playoff ranking committee knew a little bit more than we did about the big 12 because Oklahoma loses again to Baylor. Um, so it's a two loss Oklahoma team. The big 12 basically just ate itself alive. Like no one came out of that conference looking better than anyone else. No, I, I mean, even, even as I think that Oklahoma is the best team, they weren't good enough to really show anything. And yeah. so I guess they, they kind of knew what they were doing, which yeah. we were criticizing them at the time, but I guess it all worked out how they expected it to. I saw a meme on Twitter last week when Texas lost to Kansas and it said it completed the cycle of suck for the Big 12, where every single team has beaten uh, one team um, in the Big 12, and it's just it's a big cycle, right, where it basically consumes itself. So that's just so typical, though, right? You see that happen in the Pac-12 as well. Um, you know, us and them just always cannibaling each other and, and uh, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot and not getting into the college football playoff. And, of course, you know, we're not rooting for the other – big 12 teams to get in but at the same time it is really frustrating and as we sit here as texas fans we are on a six game losing streak something that has not happened since 1956 um really tough time right now to be a texas longhorn fan in football but the positive is it is sark's first season we do have xavier worthy playing out of his mind he is the best freshman wide receiver to ever come out of texas He's got the record right now, I think, for the most touchdowns in Texas history by a wide receiver. So um, pretty good stuff there. But also the Texas basketball team is looking nice as well. So yeah. there are some things, some positive things to be a Texas fan right now. One, uh, one last question for you, and then we can move on to the more exciting, at least for us, NFL, because it's absolute mayhem again. Once again, the NFL is crazy. Um, do you think that college coaches – aren't getting enough leeway like Dan Mullen. He gets fired um, after their loss against Mizzou. I think that that team is now five and six. So if they don't win their next 
game, which I think might be against Florida State, they might not make a bowl. Um, that's obviously a, a program that has a lot of prestige. They won two national championships between 2000 and 2010. You know, you have the Urban Meyer legacy there. What do you think, especially these these Power Five conference schools? Is there too much pressure put on these coaches, and are they not given a loose enough leash in in certain situations where I think this is his second year and he's already fired? Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I think it depends on the program, of course, and where it's at when they take over, right? Florida wasn't in a good spot when he took over, right? And this is this was his fourth season, and was it his fourth? Yeah, this, yeah, this was his fourth season, got hired in 2018, and that seems to be kind of the trend, right? Where coaches they give them a full four seasons to see if they can, uh, you know, get it done. Not a Hilton, not a holiday and full four seasons. And, uh, they, they see if that works out for him. And if it doesn't, then they're on to the next one. We've seen it at Texas, right? Charlie strong got four. He was gone. Tom Herman got four. He was gone. So, um, it just really depends on the situation. I feel like, uh, for Florida. Yes. It's a, it's a blue blood, right? A, a school that it should be in the mix, a team that's won before in the past many times, you know, national championship team. Um, so it just depends. And I think for Dan Mullen, um, you know, he leaves a school like Mississippi state, a school that he was doing fine in for a while, right. Get an opportunity like Florida, you can't pass that up. Um, so he'll get another job somewhere else, but yeah, you know, you just got to rebuild from somewhere. Yeah. It's interesting to see a guy like Kirby smart end up in Georgia and succeed. And, and we've talked about it before, but he references that some of it is just the players and the personnel that he's able to, to secure with the pipelines that UGA has established over the years, um, being a fellow blue bud, just yeah. like Florida is. And so for whatever reason, Dan Mullen wasn't able to tap into that. And neither were some of the previous coaches. Um, you know, one of, one of the guys that we like a lot, or, you know, he means a lot to Longhorns. Well, Muschamp never did anything there either. So mm-hmm. It's a tough place to be in those situations in particular. And I think a lot of it just has to do with like the forever comparison that we'll make at least now or until Saban retires that he's there. And so he is this, he's this standard of consistency that will never be met by anyone, but everyone's trying to reach it. So exactly. And by the way, Muschamp four years at Florida as well. Didn't work out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, just depends on the situation. But uh, I do think we should start talking about some NFL because I do think that is the more exciting part of what happened this weekend. Uh, crazy slate of games. The Bills go down to the Colts. Um, you know, that game, people did not expect to happen. The Colts look like to be firing on all cylinders, especially with Jonathan Taylor there. Um, I texted you guys saying I'm fully in on him being the best running back in the NFL. Of course, there's Derrick Henry, but right now he's on the IR. We don't even know if he's going to return this season. So as it stands, I think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL. Do you agree? Completely agree. I think you, and I think you were facetiously mentioning when Austin Eckler scored four touchdowns tonight as well. Four touchdowns today. So Taylor scored five. Oh, he did. It's right. He scored five touchdowns four on the ground, one in the air. Um, obviously what Austin Eckler can do, you know, in the passing game is tremendous, but the one element of his game that he doesn't necessarily have that Jonathan Taylor does is he can, he can milk a game out and he can just eat up clock, eat up minutes between the tackles. There's few guys that are as good as him. Um, it looks a lot like early Zeke, right? Like you just, it's a guarantee four to six yards every time he goes between the tackles. 
and he has the the speed and burst to break those long plays. Yeah, he's the he's the best running back in the league right now with with Henry Hurt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he definitely helped a lot of teams this week uh, secure some W's in their fantasy league. A fifty burger. Yep, exactly. So yeah, that's always uh, concerning when you see the other team puts up fifty on you, and that's just coming from one player. I'm in a league, by the way. I show this to you. I'm in a league where the New England Patriots defense scored 43 points on me. Isn't that ridiculous? That's crazy. But didn't you say that that they, league you start out with 20 points instead of 10? Points instead of 10, yeah. So it's ridiculous. But it's like in most regular leagues that I'm in, the, the New England, you got 26 points. Right. 43 points is monstrous. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, still ended up winning that matchup because I did have Eckler. So that really helped me out. Um, but just Wait, well, what do you think? Okay. So you mentioned the Colts, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I think with, again, mentioning Derrick Henry as well, with him being injured and out the rest of the season, I think that the Colts are the best team in the AFC South. And I think they're going to come back and win that division. Yeah, they definitely could. I mean, they're looking to be firing off on cylinders. Like we just said, I mean, got Pittman back in the mix too. That defense has always been great. I mean, they held Buffalo to 15 points, but Buffalo is in trouble. Um, but yeah, I think the Colts are great. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it, Wentz is finally figuring it out. And the Titans have issues because two of their really? three losses have been to the Texans and the Jets. Right. And I know Terod Taylor was back, but that Texans team, I'm watching them play. Rex Burkhead's getting them first downs. Like Brandon Cooks is their best receiver, and he didn't even have a good game today. Yeah. They That's should Rod. not They should not be beating the Titans. Terod kind of put the team on his back there with a couple of rushing touchdowns. And, um, yeah, it just seems like they can't really figure out the Titans, you know, who their go-to guys are. Like, you know, you're seeing quiet games out of A.J. Brown. Of course, without Derrick Henry, like you're rolling out Adrian Peterson and Deontay Foreman, and it just doesn't work. It's not as efficient. So they really have to kind of rely on their defense to, to step it up. And, I mean, we're allowing 22 points to the Texans and only scoring 13. Like, that's, that's a sign of trouble. So um, they do have eight wins, and the Colts have six wins, but, you know, they still got to play each other. So I think you're right. I think that definitely um, is going to be a good matchup for the future. Um, a team that I think, honestly, though, and I'm sure Josh is going to love this, the Patriots look like to be the best team in the AFC right now. I agree with you. With the last couple of weeks that they've had, I mean, just completely manhandling Atlanta on Thursday night. They are, are playing out of their minds. Well, okay, I want to agree with you, but I also think that and part of this is because I watched this game like a hawk because my team was in it. The Chiefs were seven and four. We yeah. we were quietly writing them off. They were they they were five and four. They went two back to back games. Now they're seven and four. They beat the Cowboys. They stopped the Cowboys, who are going into today's game, the most efficient and highest scoring offense in the league. They hold them to nine points. Um, but it it was really and, and Patrick Mahomes didn't even throw for a touchdown. This is a story of the Chiefs defense and how we've seen it over the last three, four years, how across the course of the year, they get better and better as the season progresses. This was yeah. the first game that Frank Clark um, and Chris Jones played together, which is huge because those guys are yeah, beasts. On it. They're a beast. They're awesome. They get Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back as well, who rushes for a touchdown and has an absurd taunting call called on him. We just see this happen week to week. As he's crossing the goal line, he points at the defender and they throw a taunt and call at him. And they're like, okay, really? Like, sure, attack the five yards on our extra point. We don't give a shit. But it's just ridiculous. Like, I'm seeing all over Twitter, like, like people just making fun of it. Like, oh, my God. Like, my son saw him point at the 
at the defender and he's addicted to drugs now how dare you (laughs) back down on your taunting calls a little harder yeah i mean we talk about this a lot about rule changes especially when we want to see them i think we all know what's going to warrant a taunting in the current nfl and if you're if you're if you're doing something in front of one of the other players directly to them, they're going to throw the flag. So if right. it's an issue, like you get, you have to know as a player not to do that right now, but it's something that needs to be changed in the off season for sure. It definitely needs to be changed in the off season. I mean, those type of things ruin the game. I mean, yes, I understand somewhat of, of getting inside someone's face and like, you know, talking shit and, and like putting your hands on somebody, but like he, he pointed he put one finger and pointed at the defender as he's crossing the goal line. Like that is ridiculous. Come right. on. And yeah. it's just, it's all subjective to these, these referees. I mean, I've, I've said time and time again, we can't let the balance of these games hang in the referee's opinion. You just can't. It's just ridiculous. Like let these guys play ball. And yeah. we look at the NBA, right? We use that comparison all the time. It's the same thing with rough, like pass interference or a rough in the past. Like there's plays that just like should not be called, and you just gotta take a note out of the NBA page book. Let the boys play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. Um, speaking of, I, you watched obviously you watched that Chargers game. That's your team. Nick Nick Bosa is is he one of the most heavily penalized players in the league? He has to be. I feel like every yeah. game I watch, he's got at least two or three penalties against him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, so, so Joey just, he constantly always, Oh, sorry, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I called him Nick, but I meant Joey. They're, they honestly, they're the same. They're, yeah. they're, they're just as good as one or the other, but Joey, I see him all the time jumping off sides or lining up off sides or having rough in the rough in the pasture calls. I just think that he's just fiery. And like, sometimes like he just doesn't think all the way through. Um, and he's, I wouldn't say he's like the smartest defender out there, but, um, he's just a competitor. And I think that he's always just kind of, he's just always smells blood and is always looking for, uh, looking for the meat on the quarterback. So, yeah. Um, everything and, else he gives you, I, I think that Staley can kind of, he's okay with that. Right. right. He'll, he'll he give was, him a mulligan a game basically. Yeah. He was an X factor tonight though. And you see that the Steelers didn't have TJ Watt and that really hurt them as well. I mean, Herbert rushed for 92 yards and he threw for 382. I mean, that right there is, is pretty spectacular. And, you know, if your quarterback is doing that, you're almost, you know, sure to secure yourself a W. But the Chargers defense has been very, very shaky all season. And it's really surprising because Staley's a defensive-minded coach. So, um, you know, I'm really kind of um, blown away that they haven't really addressed some of their defensive needs. Like, I wanted to see them go out and trade for someone or pick up someone to kind of sure up that rush defense because they're last in the league in rush defense. And for the life of me, I did not understand how the Steelers did not run the ball more. They should have run the ball more because they showed a stat at the beginning of the game. Teams run the ball, I think like 49.5% on the Chargers with their play call. Yeah. And the Chargers are last in the league in, in rushing yards. So it's like, or defensive rushing yards. So it's like, you know, put Najee out there and give him the ball like 25 times. I yeah. I mean, I, it, but... I do think that last drive is a little indicative of why they couldn't because they just have no time. That offensive line is not good. It's not what it used to be. I know 
everyone's talking about how Ben likes to get the ball out early. Well, well, half of that is because if he doesn't, he's going to get sacked. Yeah. He's got no choice. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. And and that is the one thing that the chargers defensive line can do is get to the quarterback. And that's what they did quite well, especially late in the game. Um, And their DBs are good. Like it's there. They've had some bumps with some injuries, but I think, I think the team, the defense can get shirt up And, and yes, some additional pieces would have helped, but I think they can find their way there. This was a good gritty win. And as long as they're in games, you've got Herbert. So you feel good about that at the end of the game. I mean, I think this offense can hang with any team in the NFL. I mean, you look at just the weapons that they have and Mike will goes off for a big game. Keenan had a big game. Eckler had a monstrous game. I mean, they know what they're doing on the offense side of the ball, but it just, it's just going to be tough. I mean, you, you win and lose games in the trenches and uh, you know, this one almost got away from them, but um, but there were some other good games that also came through the pipeline, um, you know, this season, uh, the Packers, you know, look like they're one of the top teams in, in the NFC, but you could see any given Sunday, you know, a team like the Vikings goes, goes there and, and they beat them in a last second. Uh, yeah. Goal. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings have played close games the entire season. Again, talked about the Steelers a little bit. They had TJ Watt wasn't there. Minka wasn't there. Hayden wasn't there. The Packers were without Jair Alexander. They're without Zadarius Smith. They were out with um, without Rashawn Gary. So they were missing pieces. And you just got to give props to Minnesota because Zimmer and Cousins took care of business. Justin Jefferson, can we put him in the top five wide receivers in the league? Because I think he, so. I think we have to. That guy, he's he and Devontae Adams today. It didn't matter who was across from them. They got open every single play. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think that was a great um receiver matchup you know seeing those guys kind of go at it and Devonte got two touchdowns and you know justin went off as well so I, I think that you know he's definitely in the conversation i saw a guy in my league pose a trade justin jefferson straight up for uh jonathan taylor and like i was thinking to myself i was like that is pretty crazy i mean obviously you're not doing that but like just to be considered you know like i think that he's one of those guys that can garner um some attention when you come to making trades in fantasy but um, most deadlines are probably passed at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, good gritty win by care or by the Vikings. Um, sorry, I was looking at the Carolina game. Cam comes back and starts and gets a couple touchdowns, doesn't get the win, but kind of looked really good. I mean, I, I think I think if they can kind of piece together somewhat of uh, you know, an offense and and put together some some a good play system for him, I think that they can have some success. Like he he looked like old Cam, honestly. Yeah, running running the ball. I think you could still see the limitations from from the passing game. Um, right. He can't really. Like, he's only had like a couple of weeks of that playbook. It's not. Oh the same yeah. Playbook he used to have right. Like right, right. We talked about that. You know, it's it's a Joe Brady playbook, but right. they're they're in the mix. The Vikings are in the mix. Um, right. You know, there's the Eagles are second in the NFC East. Right. The you Cardinals got it. The Cardinals got a win without Kyler again. Yeah, Cole McCoy. Okay. I think the Seahawks need to blow it up, honestly. Like, they're three and seven now. You know, we've talked about Russ coming back, and we thought that it was going to help them, but they're 0 and 2 since he's returned. I mean, they're going to be picking in the top 10. Like, what can we say about maybe trading Russ while we can right now, while his value is high, and seeing if they can get another pick and just rebuild? Because that division looks good. You got the Rams. You got the Cardinals, and you know what? 
you said today, maybe the Niners go on a sneaky run as well because they looked really good against Jacksonville and they looked good the week before against the Rams as well. It's time to blow it up. I like that. And I think what what we're hearing before the season started, you know, when the, the Aaron Rodgers rumors and the Deshaun Watson rumors were out there, how much could they get for Russell Wilson? How much is he worth? Is he worth three? Is he worth four first round picks? Well, I don't know about four but I can definitely see a team paying at least two and I would say maybe three. It's tough though. That's so hard for a team to give up that much capital. I mean, you got to be a team that is hundred percent certain that you're making the playoffs and that you're going to be picking in the back half of the draft every single year. Right? Okay. What about a team like, which a lot of people have pegged this as an Aaron Rodgers destination, but maybe you don't have to give up the entire farm for Aaron Rodgers and you can give up a little bit less if you're the Broncos and go get Russell Wilson. I think Russ has more value than Aaron Rodgers because of his, his age. He's younger. Even coming, even coming back from this injury. I mean, he's looked shaky this year. And the thing about Rodgers is he's playing MVP level football. I just don't think that his injury is like the type of injury that lingers throughout your career. I mean, it's a finger injury, right? Like if it was like a neck injury or a back injury or like an ACL, I mean, even ACL, like you come back from that all the time, you know? I mean, I I just think that you have certain amount of years, you know, on, on uh, Rodgers timeline that is, is going to be way less than, than, than Russell. So, um, I think it's a good destination though. I think the Broncos would definitely be a potential suitor. I think the Giants maybe, but then again, are they even ready? Um, you know, you gotta look at the teams that are really like poised to make a run if they can. What do we oh what do you think about this? About the Bucks, you know? That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, what about the Bucks? Once Brady hangs it up, are they just slotting one of these other guys right right in there? Exactly. I mean, that could be that definitely can be something. I mean, but the thing is you have to see if if Brady's going to hang it up after this season or the next season, I mean, I'm the proponent of let's get as much from we can for, for Russell right now, while his value is still high. Cause I guarantee you people still value him very highly. I mean, yeah, I would, um, I don't know necessarily if Brady's ready to hang it up after this season. Yeah, I, I would doubt it. Um, I, the saints is enough. New Orleans is another good I, place. I think I would say New Orleans would be a great idea as well, but they need help. Uh, not just the quarterback. I mean, they need more weapons. They need receivers. They need the tight end. They need a new kicker. I mean, they're kind of falling apart. Yeah, but it's tough though. It's 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 hard to make an evaluation on that team when Jameis Winston, when Trevor Simeon's stepping in, and like, how much worse is he than Jameis? It's right. it's hard to say. I mean, it, it he neither one of them are enough to win you a game when you're devoid of weapons, when Kamara is not playing and Michael Thomas is out for the rest of the year, Trey Quan Smith and Callaway and Troutman definitely aren't enough. And Mark Ingram is a good running back too to have, but he's not a guy you can rely on game to game. Yeah. There's, there's questions there. I'll tell you what, there is one team that I think would be a very good fit for them. And we just talked about them. The Steelers. I think the Steelers have a great defense. I mean, despite what happened on Sunday night against the chargers, whatever they didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick. They didn't have Joe Hayden. They didn't have TJ Watt, but that's a team that has been shaky this year, but because Ben like has not been playing good football at all. He had a really good night tonight because it was his best. It was his best game he's played all season and his receivers were clicking. Um, But 
that guy's got to hang it up. I, I think it's just, it, it's time. And I, but think the, but the weapons are there in comparison to the, weapons are there. the saints, like we're talking right. about. I mean, you've got Najee, you've got the running back for the future. Deontay's a true one. Claypool stretches the field. Mm-hmm. It, there are a lot, those two guys, you know, hypothetically could be a lot like Keenan and Mike okay. will, yep. I would say like that one, two punch or the locket and DK. Yeah, like, I was say DK yeah. And locket, right. You just go to another go to the East coast and do the same thing. So I, I think that'd be a really good fit for him, but we'll see what happens. I mean, we're talking trade rumors right now and we're only in week 11 of the NFL. So we got plenty of time to kind of let that all stew. I mean, there are a certain amount of games left that this, the Seahawks can try to fight back, but man, they've got seven losses. Like are we really going to say they're going to win seven more and then finish 10 and seven. I mean, I don't even know if 10, seven even gets them a spot in the playoffs. No, they're, they're out for good. They're out for good. The Bears now at three and seven fields hurt. They're out for good. I think that maybe the fields injury, I hope he recovers quickly, but turns into a naggy firing finally. Like, can we be done with this? Are we it's enough is enough? Yeah. No, I think I think it's time. The chickens have come to roost, as our boy Josh would say. Um, sick and tired of saying it. Fun little tidbit here, Nick. We mentioned a couple of bets to place at betonline.ag last week. Did we go undefeated? We went three for three. Josh said, take the Lions spread. The yep. Browns barely beat them. That was I, it was a great game. And the Browns are kind of fake news, I think. Or they're just, they might move. They're going to move on from Baker. I'm convinced. Yeah, he did not look good. He's the hurt. Reason, He's the hurt. And they stay in games is because of their run game. That's really what it is. Stefanski has a great run game, run scheme, and their line is amazing, and their running backs are nasty. And Tim, they're playing against Tim Boyle, like, true. And they have Mike, you know, they have Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward had a nice pick. Yeah. Um, but the Lions covered. The Dolphins covered. They were minus three. They won by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And your bet uh, hit as well. You you took the Eagles money line. Yep, I did the Eagles money line. Uh, hit there. So <laughs> I hope you guys cashed that one in. I hope you parlayed all three of our bets. I bet you didn't, but you should have. Yeah. Uh, any anything um, anything else about I mean, there's some team like obviously the the NFC, um, it, it looks like the teams a team might not have to have a winning record. They might be able to be five hundred to make the playoffs in the NFC. Just um, the way that some of this stuff is shaking out. Yeah maybe i have to see like what divisions are are like even close i mean the i mean the south really is kind of like the closest division but but like are we really going to say the bucks are going to finish 500 they're sitting at six and three right now no the division leaders will all be over 500 the bucks the packers the cardinals the rams and the cowboys will all end up over 500 and i think that those teams are are basically locks, but we've got seven teams that have to make the playoffs. True. true. Okay. So as it stands right now, the seven and the six seed are um, Minnesota at the six seed at five and five and new Orleans at five and five as a seven seed. So yeah, foreseeably it can happen, but there's also a couple of teams knocking on the door. You got San Francisco at five and right. five, you got Philly at five and six, you got Carolina at five and six, you got Washington at four and six, who's playing good football as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I it definitely, there's going to be, um, it's definitely more realistic than a team in the AFC because the seven and the six seed are, are both six and four. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it looks like the, the Pats have taken, they've, they've obviously taken that division. They're on a five game win streak. The bills have question marks. Their offense looked not good today. Um, and this is supposed to be one of the most high powered offenses in the NFL. So I don't really know what's going on with yep. Josh Allen and, and the rest of that team. I, maybe their weapons aren't as good as we thought they were. I've, I've always thought they're suspect when it, like when it comes to weapons outside of Stefan Diggs, right? Right. Like we're really going to say that Gabriel Davis and, and Colt Beasley are like the guys that are supposed to, you know, be Josh Allen's premier weapon. I'm definitely not going to say Isaiah McKenzie is cause that guy right. tried to return a kick today and fell on his face and fumbled the ball without getting touched. Right. That was, I mean, that was ridiculous. Also like Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and like Dawson Knox. Like, I don't know. Like they, they had to re-sign off. Matt Breida. Yeah. They look, they just need to go to the draft and take the most athletic offensive weapon they can find. That's really what they need. Yeah. What defense you, can play? It definitely can. What, uh, what do you make of the, I, I think to me, the most interesting division, just because all four teams are truly in it in my opinion, is the AFC North. What do you make of that division? Is it going to shake Is it going to shake out how it is right now with the Ravens, the Bengals, the Steelers, and the Browns? Because I, I don't see yeah. it ending up that way. I don't know. Look, the Ravens took care of business without Lamar, so that's a huge win for them. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, you know, have been playing great, and, you know, it's not like something that – I mean, we were surprised, and they've, they've really – you know, turned a lot of our heads. And I think Joe Burrow and the Jamar Chase connection has been great. And Joe Mixon's been playing good football. So I would say those are probably the top two teams just not sold on, on the Steelers. I mean, they really needed to get that win um, against the chargers on Sunday yeah. night. It just didn't happen. Um, but the Ravens, I think are kind of, are, I would say they would run away with it. I mean, without Lamar for one game, they still get a win. That's, that's great. Yeah. Against a bad, Bears team. I they're there, but a lot of these AFC teams, I think you brought up the Patriots and then I, I countered with the chiefs. The reason why those two teams are better than every team is because they have at least over the last two games and the Patriots over the last five, like I said, they're on a five game win streak. They have the less, they they have the least amount of holes. They're the most complete teams. Yeah, no, you're right. Exactly. And that's, that's what it is in the NFL. It's just who can put together the most complete rosters. Right. And that has literally been the Patriots' mo the entire time. Yes, they had Brady and they got Belichick, but look at all those teams they've ever had. There's never any holes there. No, no. Um, but yeah, crazy, uh, crazy wrap up for the NFL in Week 11. We loved it. Um, there was some craziness that happened in the NBA on Sunday. Um, I'm sure everyone saw the videos. If you haven't, though, um, LeBron and uh, Isaiah Jackson, right? Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. LeBron and Isaiah Stewart got in a little, little uh, scuff um, on a free throw. LeBron kind of like elbow checked him, and then I guess his fist like hit Isaiah Stewart's face. I think it was he not, was bleeding. So I think much. it was like the point of his elbow caught his temple. I thought it's kind of it, it's kind of a bang bang it. thing. It's pretty quick. Yeah, they, they like put a slow mo on it and like from a different angle, and it looked like his like he like backhanded it almost with his fist. So like it caught like like the uh, like the brow like right, right above his eye. And he was bleeding so much. And Isaiah was just so heated and like so furious that LeBron did that. And I'm sure like LeBron like didn't seem very remorseful. And so like Isaiah started to come at him on the court and people were holding him back. Like he looked like Derrick Henry out there, like running through tacklers. Like, but 
it just kind of, I mean, they ejected LeBron from the game, but it just kind of like shows you that the league just will bend over for LeBron. And I feel like this guy, Isaiah, just kind of like wants to prove that like, you know, you're still one of us. You're still just another player. Like, I guess you're, you're the goat right now, but like the same time, it's like, you can't, you can't do that. You know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think that he should have been ejected, which is what they did. So I'm glad they handled it that way um, because it was a, a blow to the head, whether it was intentional or not. I and mean, that's just basically what the rules are in the NBA um, currently. And it didn't look to be, there was no malicious intent. I don't, he wasn't even really looking at him. Like, like when he swung his, his arm that way, at least from what I saw. Yeah. I mean, I mean not that he doesn't know like his own strength and what he's doing with right. his body. It's kind of like a, like a, um, like when you're playing out in the courts and like you, you kind of like throw an elbow somewhere, like just in that general vicinity of whoever's behind you. And like, you know, that someone could get checked by it, you know? Right. But like, right you didn't turn around to do it. it's not like you like intentionally like you know turn around and like threw a punch at him but i think lebron knew in a sense of what he was doing a little bit kind of just like back off young man but at the same time like god that was so ridiculous i, I saw mean, i was pissed yeah he was he was very very I've, I've really never seen someone get that mad like since ron artest when he which house in the palace when he fought a fan which was the anniversary of it was like three days ago yeah so Maybe kind of that. coincidental timing there. Yeah. And of course, Isaiah Stewart plays on the Pistons. Um, you know, it was the Pistons and the Pacers, not the Pistons and the Lakers, but yep. really interesting. I saw Gilbert Arenas post on his Instagram and he was like, Hey, like you got to know that you can't do this to the King. You can't do this to the, to the King or easy money sniper, which of course is Kevin Durant. And he was like, and also, you know, don't go after Steph or clay and, but he was like, anybody else is fair game, but you just got to know you can't do that. And I was like, okay, like That's ridiculous. go That's after crazy. them. Like he didn't do anything. He was just pissed because he got hit in the face. That's so ridiculous. It's like, it, it's not like he intentionally was like, okay, LeBron, I'm going after you all night. But like, come on, he, they're both men. You know, they're both in the NBA. They're both grown ass men. Like they're allowed to get heated and, and mad at each other. You know, I just, like, I just kind of want to know what would have actually happened if everyone hadn't been a buffer in between them. Cause he was ready to oh swing. God, he would have, I think he would have murked LeBron. Honestly, I really think so. Like that guy was furious. LeBron looked kind of scared, honestly, not, I'm not going to lie. And you saw it was, it was, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. Like Russ was like throwing his fists up. Like he was ready to box, you know? And yeah. Typical Russ, like just kind of being, being funny, but like very charged as a player as well. But like him and AD would come to LeBron's air or to his aid. I mean, they were just they were there for their for their king. <laughs> yeah, I just it's like you're the Lakers, they're the Pistons, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Why are we getting a fight with this team? Why is this the team? This isn't the Western Conference Finals against the Suns, where it's game six or game seven, and like Chris Paul has been just nut checking you basically the like behind the refs view the entire game. Like, it's not like that. It's just, it was one quick instance in a regular season NBA game. I mean, it, it is just something that's happening more and more is things are getting chippier because they're calling less fouls. And I think it's making guys more aggravated. And then sometimes there's these kind of explosions of frustration, but I think it's just wild that LeBron was the one that was, that did it. Yeah. No, I mean, that just kind of adds to the whole 
you know, story that is LeBron, you know, everyone's, he's always got to be in the center of, of all news surrounding NBA. There can never be a dull moment when it comes to the NBA and not talking about LeBron. So is LeBron and Jokic have both gotten ejected for a game? Yeah, true. I mean, Jokic had that push on uh, Markeith Morris, which was, that was also pretty ridiculous as well. Yeah, it was kind of a cheap shot, but at the same time, like, you know, that Markeith, like, egged it on throughout the Oh, game. yeah, for so sure. Jokic was just ready and pissed off. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Know. I mean, who knows if, if Josh wants to, I think he's scared to come back on the podcast, but when he does, might have to just give him a cheap shot. Josh? Yeah. Yeah. You think he's scared to come back on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been he's been texting me off our normal group text chain. He's just he's just a little scared of you, dude. He's just kind of scared to come back on the mic. Yeah, bro. I don't know. He's so maybe you should you know talk that out with him. I don't know. I, I think I'm you know tempers will cool off a little bit once we get some turkey in our bodies. You know, what's the chemical that's released in turkeys that makes you tired? Oh, I can't remember, but it it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Tur- turkey chemical. Uh, oh, uh, try try tef- try tef- tryptophan. 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 Yeah. Tri- yeah. Ooh, ooh. What about an alternate court name for the Staples Center? Oh yeah. Trypto.com Center. Trypto.com brought to you by LSD. Yeah. yeah. And, and when is that? Happening. When is that happening? There, isn't the crypto.com thing happening like very soon? Yeah, I think it's the last season of of uh, Staples. Of Staples, unless they're doing it like at the at the like beginning of the new year. I think that's when it. I think it like around the Christmas uh, Christmas Day that's game. Crazy. That's so wild. It's like Staples was such a staple, you know, in <laughs> in LA sports. I mean, no pun intended, but um, it really was. I mean. You think about like fights that happen, you're like at the Staples Center, right? And and all that. It's one of the most iconic stadiums slash arenas in sports. Yeah. And they've yeah. taken that away from us. Yeah. But you know what? Everyone's still going to call it Staples Center. I hope so. I hope you know, so. Do you think I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to the crypto.com center? I don't know. I feel like a lot of young fans are kind of into it. They like, they like crypto. They like Bitcoin. They like Ethereum and that yeah. fires them up. You live with one of those, you live with one of those young fans that likes crypto. You live with yeah, two. but he doesn't like sports though, so it doesn't matter. He's not going to those games. Right, 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 right. Well, he might now. Yeah, that's true. Hey, new fans. Is that the if that's the point, they're doing a good job. Hello, fans. <laughs> Frank Severo. Yeah, it's a Frank Severo and his family. Um, but yeah, I think that about wraps it up. We're not gonna keep the audience too much longer. And I know they miss Josh. So um but yeah, for all the fans out there, make sure to check out the Horns Up podcast with our homie Texas legend, Quan Cosby, where we talk Texas sports and how miserable we are at football and hopefully some good news about basketball. But we'll talk about other stuff, too, that happens you know, in university. Um, and then check us out on the radio every Thursday on 1090. And uh, we'll, be co- we'll be posting the radio recaps as well. Um, but everyone else, if we don't hear from you or you don't hear from us, have a great Thanksgiving. Eat some turkey. Win some bets at betonline.ag and enjoy some time with your family. And hit your free throws because they're free. That's that.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.